Thanks for tuning in to the High School at 12 Stone Church ministry podcast. Let this message be a source of truth and encouragement. Let's lean into this week's message. All right, all right. So good to be with the H12 family, man. You guys are awesome. Y'all sing beautifully. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you sounded great. You sounded great to me. Sounded so good. Even if it's a lie, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, I want to uh, start, before I go any further, I want to start by just saying how much I love, uh, I love the H12 crew, the team here from Chase to Kara to Natalie to Travis to Trey, all them people that work so tirelessly to serve you guys every single week. They're phenomenal, aren't we? Can, can we just give it up for them? They're awesome. And you got a bunch of amazing adult leaders that love you guys and that give up their time, and uh, it's phenomenal. Hey, let me just say, first of all, give yourself a pat on the back because you survived Irma. Way to go. You survived it. Not only did you survive, you conquered it. Man, you're here tonight. You didn't let Irma get you down. And uh, you made it to church. You made it to church. That's good. You guys just hang out here, no seats. Good for you. Good for you. I love it. Hey, you guys started a series. Well, let me tell you first, uh, Chase mentioned it. I am married. I've been married for almost three years now to my wife, Susanna. And uh, Susanna is just an old Southern name, right? It's so great. It it fits her perfectly. It's beautiful. Susanna, and we have a 11-month-old son. His name is Cade, and he's a rock star. I didn't bring any pictures. I apologize. But um, they're awesome. Just take my word for it. So anyways, we love our family, and we love uh, love 12 Stone Church. So I'm excited to be with you tonight. You guys started last week you started in this series called Top of the Charts, right? And so the idea, if you missed it last week, the idea is you're looking at some of the hits, some of the big songs that are out there on the radio right now. And how about this? On the count of three, why don't you just yell out your favorite radio station to listen to? Because I don't listen to a lot of radio. I'm not super familiar. One, two, three, go. What was it? Did I hear somebody say the country station? Somebody said country. That's terrible. (laughs) The bull. Okay, okay, okay. I I don't listen to... uh I don't listen to a lot of radio, but, but I know a little bit about what's out there. And so we're talking about some of the hits. And the idea is to kind of take some lyrics. If you look at the lyrics of these songs, you can actually, you can actually figure out uh, a lot about our culture and our society. So the, the song lyrics of today's world will tell you a little bit about the world that you're living in and how people think and how they process things. In fact, I want to do like a little bit of a study with you guys. If you go all the way back like decades ago, if you look at 1970 to 1980, that decade, and you look at the, um, the, the number, like the top few words that were used in songs back then, top few words. In fact, we did it. These are the top few words used in songs back then. Woman, <laughs> love that word, disco, rock. Music, dancing, and, the, and, and that was kind of the decade then, right? This is probably your parents' decade. This is what they were digging the most back then. Apparently, they just used the word woman. We don't really use that in sentences these days, like, woman, give me a sandwich. Like, we didn't really, we don't say that now, right? I would never say that. We don't say that. What about 1980s to 1990s? Look at that. These are the top few words. Love, fire, don't, 
Rock on. Okay, cool. 90s to 2000. You get up. And then if you wasn't good enough, we had to shorten it and just put the letter U, right? And then thank. That was a word. That was mine. That's like my world right there. Thank. I got to be honest. I'm pretty embarrassed of that. Pretty embarrassed. What about 2000s? This is probably you guys. These are the top few words. Breathe. Did it again with the U. Like it. And yeah. Yeah was the word. And we couldn't even spell it out. We just had to say yeah. All right, and then, and then the, the latest decade, 2010s, oh, oh, 2010s, we, yeah, hell, and die. <laughs> I don't know why we're excited about that. All right, all right. Everybody say shh. So, isn't this crazy? Like, it started out really easy. Like, it started out really happy. We, yeah, good things. And then out of nowhere, hell dies. Like, whoa, that took a quick turn, right? But if you look at the words, if you look at the words of the decades, it tells us a little bit about our culture and our society, and it's pretty important. It, it gives you kind of a thermometer, and it really gives you an idea of what the issues are going on in our world today. And speaking of issues... I thought maybe I would uh, introduce you to the song that we're going to kind of jive off of a little bit tonight. A little song called Issues. You may enjoy it. Take a look. I'm jealous. I'm overzealous. When I'm down, I get real down. When I'm high, I don't come down. I get angry. Baby, believe me. I can love you just like that And I can leave you just as fast But you don't judge me Cause if you did, baby, I'd judge you too No, you don't judge me Cause if you did, baby, I'd judge you too Cause I got issues Give yourself a hand. Incredible. You sound great once again. You sound great once again. Man, that song is catchy. Raise your hand if you like that song. You think it's pretty catchy? It's getting a little old, isn't it? But, but it's pretty good. I, um, I, bet, I bet if you were, hey, listen up. I bet if you were to ask people what they like about that song the most, uh, you know, you probably get some responses like, I like the beat or whatever, but above the beat or kind of the melody of the song, I bet you would hear something like, it's just a real honest song. And it just real honest. I mean, for someone just to come out and say, hey, I got issues. I got issues, right? I, I got issues. It's a pretty honest song. Will you do me a favor? Will you just turn to your neighbor and say, just so you know, I got issues. I got issues. Hey, but, but don't stop there. Go ahead and turn back and say, but you got them too. You got them too. Don't forget. <laughs> you got them too. 
But it's true, isn't it? It's true. It's true. We all got issues. You got issues. I got issues. If we're just real honest with each other, we all have issues, right? Some, some, are, some are small. Some are not that big of a deal. You may just have uh, you know, a hard time focusing on school. Some of you are like, that's not a small issue. That's a big issue. You may have, um, you may have smelly feet. Uh, that's another big issue, actually. That's not a small issue. I'm just kidding. Or maybe, uh, maybe you got some weird pet peeves. Everybody say, shh. I, uh, can I tell you about one of my pet peeves that's kind of strange? Uh, I've told some people this before. It's kind of embarrassing, but I don't know why. It just kind of gets under my skin. You know how pet peeves just get under your skin? They bother you so bad. Uh, when I got married a couple years ago, I never knew this was really a pet peeve until I got married. And uh, this started happening, and I started going, this bothers the heck out of me. Like, so... All right, you know how, I gotta think through, I'm gonna share this. You know how when you get uh, out of the shower, some people, this is what I learned, because it's my wife, some people get out of the shower before drying off, then they dry off when they're out of the shower. Well, let me tell you, it makes no sense, right? Because isn't it common sense for you to dry, <laughs> isn't it common sense for you to dry off in the shower first. I'm not saying why the water's going. I'm saying you turn the water off, and then while you're in the shower, you dry off. Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. Because when you get out before you dry off, you end up getting the rugs soaking wet, and then somebody's got to come in and step on your wet rug, and it's nasty and mildewy because you let water drip on it. So some things are just small. Some things are just small. Hey, but, but isn't it true, isn't it true that uh, some of us have some bigger issues? In fact, all of us have bigger issues. In fact, maybe some of you in here, you find some sort of enjoyment in making fun of other people on social media. You find some sort of enjoyment on putting other people down, right? Maybe some of you, maybe some of you actually have a larger issue with anger. And if you were to be real honest and just say, hey, I have an issue the anger issues in your life are tearing your life apart. Hey, everybody listen up, right? Some issues, some of you right now in this room are dealing with some addictions that are ruining your life. And if you don't conquer them now, they're going to ruin your life. That's a big issue. We all have issues. My point is we all have them. But I want to dive into this idea of dealing with issues specifically in our relationships, whether it's relationships, just friendships with other people, or maybe it goes a level deeper into the relationships that we have uh, in the dating world. For those of you that are getting into the, the dating world, which I like to believe doesn't happen until college, but let's be honest, it does, right? <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to a passage of scripture in Philippians chapter 2. You can turn in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2, and uh, we're going to look at a few verses in there. It's on page 1179, if you're in your worship center Bible. And uh, hey, if you don't have a Bible of your own, we'd love for you to take this one home with you. We got plenty of them in storage. So go ahead and just take this home, get into it, start reading it. It'll change your life. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. If you're there, say Amen. 
It says this, says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Let me read that one more again. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is much harder to do than it is to read. The guy writing this is a guy by the name of Paul. And if anybody had the right to maybe lash out at other people when he was wronged, it was this guy named Paul. If you follow Paul's journey through scripture, you find him uh, being put in jail for things that he shouldn't have been put in jail for. You find him being mistreated, reasons that he shouldn't have been mistreated, just people were hateful. You find him uh, all the time being treated in such a way, yet deferring his right to lash back out at them. This was Paul, and he writes these words. Value other people above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. The first kind of lyric in this song, as we dissect this song a little bit, that kind of I have an issue with... <laughs> That was funny, guys. You can laugh. Uh, the first lyric, I remember, I remember hearing this song on the radio and thinking it was catchy, and then all of a sudden I started listening to it a little bit and go, this song is actually kind of awful. No offense to whoever sang it, Julia something, but um, this song is actually pretty terrible. I want, you to, I want you to just listen to these lyrics off the bat, and let's talk about them a little bit. The first lyric is this, you don't judge me, because if you did, I would judge you too. This line, listen up, this line right here is the reason why many of the friendships that you have are breaking down. It's the why many of you can't keep good friendships. It's because you buy into something like that. This line right here, this philosophy of thinking, is the reason why many of you have a hard time getting in a healthy dating relationship or keeping a healthy dating relationship because you treat each other and you act like that line. Let me just go one step further here. This line is the reason why many of you are the product of a divorced home because your parents decided to act like that. This is what is tearing relationships apart all over the country and likely in your world as well. This idea, this concept that if you judge me, I will judge you, right? Or if, if you talk bad about me, then I'll talk bad about you. If you are rude to me, you better not say anything bad about me because if you do, you better believe I'm gonna say it right back at you or I'm even gonna get you a little bit more. This is the philosophy of thinking that I'm telling you is tearing our society, our relationships apart. It's this idea of reciprocation. Whatever I get, I have to receive. If not to the same level, level maybe even a level above it. And I'm telling you, if you don't judge me, I won't judge you. But if you do judge me or if you do hate on me or if you do treat me bad, better believe I'm going to do it right back at you. Listen, I get it. You don't want to be judged. You don't want to be hated. You don't want to be mistreated. I don't either. But to think that it gives you the right 
to then turn around and treat that person in the exact same way, listen to me, is one of the most selfish, immature things you could ever do. And it is a philosophy of thinking that if you go down that road, even now as a high school student, it will corrupt your relationships for the rest of your life. And listen, not only is it immature and not only is it selfish, but it is idolatry. It's idolatry. Follow with me here, okay? If you say that this person treated me this way, therefore I have the right to turn around and treat them back that way, what you are doing is saying that person decides my actions. That person decides how I govern myself as an individual, right? And what you just did is you made them God over your life. Because now I don't follow what God's taught me and how God teaches me to act and how to treat people. Now I, my actions are completely dictated by how other people treat me. You just made a God out of the person that you're angry at. And therefore, what you did is you just gave them the power and the control over your life. So not only is it idolatry, which is a sin, you just gave them control over you because your actions are dictated by how they treat you. And I'm here to tell you that in the kingdom of God, things are flipped on its head. Things are completely opposite. And what Paul is saying here, and as I look through all throughout the scripture, how Jesus calls us to live is he tells me I need to love, forgive, give, serve, sacrifice all toward others, not by how they treat me or not by how they respond, but how God has treated me. And it's out of that now I know how to go forward and treat other people. In fact, you will never be more like Jesus than when you love, serve, give, forgive someone who doesn't deserve it. So I don't know who this is for tonight, but I just want to give a massive challenge to you. That God is calling us as his followers not to treat people according to how they've treated us, but to go a step above that and say, I'm going to treat you how God has called me to treat you. Not, not, not this craziness of, you don't judge me because if you did, I'm going to judge you back. You don't hate me because if you did, I'm going to hate you back. That will corrupt your relationships. You still with me? Let's move on. I want to give you kind of a, another lyric that, um, gosh, this artist would hate me right now if she was in the room, but let me just kind of dissect it a little bit. Okay, you ready for the next one? It's the main kind of chorus of the song. It says this, because I got issues, but you got them too, so give them all to me and I'll give mine to you. Bask in the glory of all of our problems, because we got the kind of love that it takes to solve them. Isn't this kind of implying here that uh, we all have issues, so why don't we just link up together? You got them. I got them. Let's just get together and, and just bask in the glory. Like, we'll just enjoy the fact that we both have issues. And then maybe even you can solve my problems and I can solve your problems. Listen, this is how many people get into unhealthy relationships. Oh, you, you come from a broken family? Well, so do I. Let's get together. Maybe we can help each other out. Oh, oh, you have that issue? Well, so do I. Maybe we can help each other out. I can't tell you how many, even in my world, college students that I talk to that they say, 
I got in this relationship with someone because, he, man, he just has a lot of problems, and I just feel like God's calling me to help them. Listen, you got to know this tonight. You cannot solve other people's issues. You must rely on God. And let me just go another step further. You cannot run to a relationship to solve your issues. You must run to God. No one else is going to solve what you're going through other than Jesus himself. Now, it is smart for us to go to some wise counsel, some people older than us, more wise than us, to say, hey, I need some help here. But do not confide in someone else in an emotional attachment relationship kind of way, thinking that we can help solve each other's problems. I promise you, you can't. People are messy. Relationships are complicated. Relationships are messy. And joining your mess with someone else's mess does not make it better. It makes it worse. Listen, relationships don't solve your issues. They multiply them. They don't solve them. They multiply them. This is why one of the biggest things I teach when I talk about dating to college students is I say this. The best thing you can do to set yourself up for a healthy relationship is focus on being a healthy person. The best thing you can do to set yourself up to have a healthy relationship, in a, if you want to go to a dating world, we can even talk about healthy friendships. The best thing you can do to set yourself up to have healthy relationships is to focus on being a healthy person. Because if you have a bunch of garbage and mess-ups, which we do, right? We all got a little bit of it. But if you got a lot that is unsolved, unhealed, things that you haven't yet gone to God and asked him to kind of uh, heal you over and to get some help in, if you got all of that and you try and connect it with someone else's, all of that, you're going to have a big pile of mess. So hear me. You'll never be perfect. But you can strive to be healthy. And if we were to all wait till we're perfect to get in a relationship or all wait till we're perfect to build friendships, we'd all just be sitting around, right? So perfect is not the goal, but healthy is. You can be emotionally, spiritually, and physically helpful or healthy. And here's what I mean by physically. You need to learn to say no to your fleshly desires, before you try and get in a relationship where those are going to be tempted even more so. And so, fellas, if you have a hard time saying no to what you look at on the computer, let's just go, hey, girls and guys, if you have a hard time saying no to what you look at on the computer, then more than likely you're going to have a hard time saying no in person. And so what I would just strongly encourage you with is focus on being a healthy individual first before you go link in your life with someone else. Make sense? Let's go back to the scripture. I want to read Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4. What we've already read, just read it one more time. It says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. How many of you think that sounds extremely difficult? I'll raise my hand extremely difficult. Yes, it is. It is work. Listen to me. Love takes work, but love is work worth doing. 
Loving people is love, is work worth doing. It takes work, but it is worth doing. I'll tell you this, both, both in friendships and in dating relationships, if you're gonna put yourself out there to love someone, or even just put yourself out there to be kind to someone, put yourself out there just to show generosity to someone, what you are doing every single time is you're taking a risk. You're taking a huge risk. Because what you're risking is that they won't receive it or they will not reciprocate it. Right? You're risking that they may not reciprocate it. And that, that gets under your skin, doesn't it? Because we inherently fall to this fleshly desire of if you don't judge me, I won't judge you. This reciprocating relationship, we have to have it back. But when you love someone or when you're kind to someone or you serve someone, you are vulnerable to being hurt. And you got to know that. But Jesus will tell us it's worth it. It's worth it anyways. Put yourself out there. Love somebody. Be kind to somebody. Serve somebody. And you may get hurt. But listen, if you'll focus on this is what God has called me to do, not I'm doing this so that I can get something in return, it won't matter as much what they do in return. It'll just be, you know what? I was obedient to do what God asked me to do. And that's good enough. It's a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. And here's the deal. Jesus looked at you, and he loved you when you didn't deserve it. The Bible says that even while you were yet sinner, Christ died for you. While you were in your mess, while you had your issues, while you were broken, while you were just in garbage, Christ still died for you, still loved you to the utmost extent, gave his life for you. I'll read to you. One last scripture for the night. It's the rest of this passage in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. And I love it the way the message translation puts it. It says it this way. It says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Jesus lived and died to teach us about perfect love. And he did so so that you would in turn love other people that way. So if we're going to love other people that way, how do we do it? Let me just fly through some things here and then we'll close up. Number one is this. You got to be honest about your, your weakness. You got to be honest about where you're weak. Here's what I mean. If you are going to be honest about where you're weak, and if you're going to love people the way God's called you to love people, you got to know that you will do that best when you are at your best. You will love people best when you are at your best. So what that means is going to some people and say, hey, I think I need some help. I got this struggle here. I got this weakness here. I got this thing that I'm trying to, uh, I'm asking God's help in here, and I really need to get over it here. You're going to have to be honest about your weakness. I think you guys talked about this last week. You're going to have to bring some things into the light and ask that God heal them. You may have to go to your small group leader. You may have to go to your leader tonight and say, hey, I just need to be honest. Here are my issues, and if I'm going to be at my best so that I can love people the best way, 
I need to get some help. Be honest about where you're weak. Number two is this. You got to know that dating, let's just go to the dating world real fast. Dating is about inviting, not isolating. What we have a tendency to do is when we get in a relationship with someone, we have a tendency to just you and that person kind of go off to the side in your own little corner and just form your own little relationship because you think that in order to love someone, I got to get super intimate with them and get to know them very well. And so I got to get off alone. I got to spend a lot of time with them. And so what we do is we isolate ourselves away from everyone and everything that got us to that point in the first place. You ever know someone who you were good friends with, they got in a relationship and then all of a sudden they just like fell off the earth then they come back to you like four months later when the relationship went down the drain and you're like, excuse me, where were you at for the past three or four months, right? It's because we have a tendency to isolate ourselves. We have a tendency to isolate ourselves. And here's what I'm inviting you into. Here's what I'm asking you to do, encouraging you to do. Look at dating as inviting someone into your already current life. As in... I'm inviting them into my friend group. I'm inviting them into my family. I'm inviting them into my church. I'm not leaving all that to go create some isolated life where no one can see into and no one knows what the heck we're doing. I'm inviting them into my life now. And listen, if, if someone doesn't want to be a part of your current life, then they ain't the one for you. Get them out, right? It's about inviting, not isolating. Last thing, last thing, number three. Learn to give more than you take. Practice giving more than taking. Listen, Jesus humbled himself, and he served you, he served me, he served all of humanity, ultimately. And you've got nothing to give in return to him. And yet most of our focus and most of us, if we were to be honest about our issues, most of us care more about ourselves than we do others. I'll close with this uh, example. I, I, one of the preachers here at 12 Stone did this one time, and it, it marked my world. I want to share it with you. Most of you guys have phones that, uh, yeah, uh, that have two cameras on them, right? You got one camera that looks at you. You got one camera on the other side that looks that way, right? You got two different cameras. Hey, listen up. I'm wrapping up here. Just tell your neighbor. You'll talk to him after. You got two cameras. And if we were to be honest, most of us live our lives with the camera on ourselves pretty much the entire day. Pretty much saying, look at me. Look at me. The selfie, right? Look at me. Look at me. Walk into a room. Hey, look at me. Get in a conversation with someone. Look at me. Let me talk about my issues. Let me talk about my thing. Let me talk about my struggle. Let me talk about all this stuff going on in my world. Me, 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 me. Most of us have the camera on ourselves. But if you flip the camera around and just point it toward other people, if we could flip that lens in our own minds and start walking into every single room not, not going, look at me, but going, there you are. There you are. Look at you. How can I serve you? How can I encourage you? 
How can I help you? If we could flip that lens in our minds and spend our days in conversations that are more about other people than they are about ourselves, walking into your classroom going, who can I encourage today? Who, who, who needs me to just give them a word of encouragement? Who needs me to share a scripture with them? Who needs me to pray over them? I know my teacher was hired to teach me, and I don't really like her anyways, but, but maybe what if, what if maybe I could just buy her a soda today? What if I walked into the lunchroom and said, who's sitting by themselves? Who can I sit with today that maybe has no friends in this room? What I want to challenge the H12 group with tonight is what if you had that mindset of, you know, you're right, I do have a lot of issues. You're right, other people have them too. But I'm going to spend the majority of my time looking at other people and saying, how can I serve you? How can I help you? And just get them off of myself for a little bit. And I promise you, the more that you do that, you'll probably find your issues fade away a little bit. The more that you become about other people, the less you become about yourself, the more things seem to fade. 